No way, man. Uh, that was rough. Two in a row. Chiefs have lost two in a row. Let's talk about this. My name is Farzi Fusuki, and welcome into the Chief Zone Podcast. Hope you guys are enjoying your holiday break. For those still working, hey, major props to you. I've worked on the holidays before. Not the most ideal way, but hey, uh, some industries you still got to do what you got to do. So uh, hopefully you guys get a little bit of downtime during the week. Merry Christmas to all of you. Happy holidays. Hope you guys, again, having a good week. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. And again, share the links, please. Much appreciated, as always, for those of you who have interacted with us on social media. Uh, It's just getting better and better. A lot of interaction, especially this time of year. I don't know. Maybe it's the losing. Uh, Like I said, a lot of you guys come out for the Facebook Live videos when we lose, but... Uh, win or lose, I always appreciate the interaction, and we've had a lot of that uh, this month, so greatly appreciate it. Big thanks to you guys. You guys are the reason why this podcast is a thing, so gotta give you guys the props on that. Again, if you guys want to talk to me on social media, Facebook page is facebook.com slash Vesugian. Follow me on Twitter at Farzine21, plus my email farzine at farzinevesugian.com. Before I forget... We will have our preview episode against the Raiders tomorrow. And as a matter of fact, uh, we will be joined by Michael Gelkin. He is the Raiders beat writer for the Las Vegas Review Journal. So he will be joining us a lot to get into, of course. And by the way, there is some crazy news with the Raiders. They could play all of their home games in London next year. So that will be very interesting to discuss with Michael, as well as the upcoming game between the Chiefs and Raiders. Uh, So a lot to talk about with him on tomorrow's episode. And also, uh, I'm I'm not going to do... So I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do for the Facebook Live videos. So I think my plan is at halftime, I'm not going to do any commentary, but I actually do want to show you guys a Facebook Live video of the sports bar I'm going to be at. It's one of those sports bars ever. I've talked about it before on this podcast. And uh, I actually have not been there in a while. I've been there for one Chiefs game. Coincidentally, it was against the Raiders. That was a game Jamal Charles came back. Uh, It is one of the best sports bars I've ever been to. And I want to share that with you guys uh, on Facebook Live next week at halftime. Now, after the game, I may do a Facebook Live after the Chiefs and Raiders game. It's not going to be immediately uh, if I do end up doing one. So... Just a heads up for what's coming up in the future. Obviously, we're doing our preview podcast much sooner than we usually do. That's because of the holidays, and since I'll be on the road, I'll be in uh, Vegas this weekend uh, for New Year's. So that's the reason why we're going to have the podcast out a little bit early. So again, facebook.com slash farzinevesugian, twitter.com slash farzin21, and my email farzin at farzinevesugian.com. Again, subscribe and uh, share the links to the podcast, please. Greatly appreciate it. And again, you guys have done a great job this month uh, with all the downloads and interaction. It's been at an all-time high, and I greatly appreciate you guys for doing that. And I know you guys would be more appreciative if the Chiefs' defense did something. And listen, I don't want to put all of this on the defense because I think there is... uh, got to point the finger at the offense a little bit. And look, we got to look at special teams as well. I, I know... Chiefs Twitter has been crazy for Jordan Lucas, but I mean, the guy, let me just say this, the Chiefs defense got a big stop 
And Sebastian Janikowski missed his second field goal of the game. And Jordan Lucas, who Chiefs fans are saying is this great guy who should be viewed at at, at safety, goes out there and commits a penalty when Seabass misses. And his miss had nothing to do with the penalty. That saved the the Seahawks and gave them a a new chance at a field goal. Still, the Chiefs defense forced them to, to kick again. But this time it was going through, splitting the uprights. Look, man, I'll say this right now. This defense is undisciplined. And the Chiefs tried to, I mean, they rested Kendall Fuller in this game, uh, being nine days uh, removed from surgery. They benched Ron Parker in this game. And Tremont Smith and Shervarius Ward got the starts at cornerback. Andy Reid said after the game that he was wanting to see the young guys and try to get a look at them. Let me just say this. Andy Reid wanted to see if a change at personnel would lead to any adjustments with the defense. First of all, Shervarius Ward and Tremont Smith... They have 26 combined defensive snaps coming into Sunday Night Football. That limited experience, and both, by the way, both of them are rookies, which I'll get to that shortly, but that limited snap count for those two guys combined, that's not going to make a big difference for your defense. And on top of that, I just mentioned they're both rookies. Tramon Smith is a sixth-round draft pick, and Shervarius Ward went undrafted, uh, ended up with the Dallas Cowboys. The Chiefs traded for him near the end of the preseason. I don't know, at at the end of the day, what expectation or or, or what hope there was that these two guys could have made a significant difference on the field. Andy Reid's got to take some heat for this. This is not a team that could expect a change defensively because of a personnel switch you got to make some adjustments with the scheming. And that's obviously a Bob Sutton issue. But Andy Reid doesn't want to go in that direction. And this gives me more and more of a reason to believe that Andy Reid's not going to let Bob Sutton go. Listen, a lot of people are wanting Bob Sutton to be gone Monday morning on Christmas Eve. But I don't see it happening. First of all, what let's say Emmett Thomas becomes your interim defensive coordinator and Al Harris takes over as the secondary coach. What major adjustments could Emmett Thomas make with the defense in two weeks? This week, getting ready for the Raiders and assuming you win and you get a bye week, what do you do with, with that bye week? Two weeks sounds like a lot, but it's really not this time of year. When it comes to making adjustments. And listen, maybe Emma Thomas, if he is the interim uh, defensive coordinator, maybe he does something and helps the defense improve. I'd be for it. I would be for the idea of giving it a try. If the Chiefs want to let Bob Sutton go Monday morning, I am for that, folks. I am not going to speak against that. I would be 100% for that. But I don't see it happening. And because Andy Reid wanted to test the uh, personnel rather than try to change up the scheme for for the defense gives me another reason to believe why Andy Reid is going to retain Bob Sutton in the offseason. And I think it's frustrating at this point because 
Yeah, this defense, look, I'll, I'll give the defense credit, especially this front seven. They have made stops when they needed to, such as forcing Seabass to attempt two field goals on the same drive, uh, not allowing a touchdown right before halftime, not allowing uh, a touchdown, not even letting them get within field goal range. Uh, so this defense, you know, 38 points, and I don't care if it's at a hostile environment like like Seattle, but you can never give up that many points. You just can't. And if you're the Chiefs and you score 31 points on the road in a place like Seattle, if you score 40 in Foxborough, if you score 51 in Los Angeles, if you're scoring 31, 40, and 51 on the road, you should be able to win football games. But the Chiefs haven't. The Chiefs lost to Seattle by 7. They lost to the Patriots by 3. And the Rams by 3 as well. The Chiefs are putting up a big chunk of yards in their three road losses, or excuse me, a big chunk of points, and still not coming away with a win. The Chiefs are scoring 40.7 points per game in their three road losses on average. That's pretty damn good. And you don't, you, you put up those kinds of points and you're losing. So I'm not exactly sure what it is with Andy Reid and why he refuses to acknowledge the fact that this is an issue with Bob Sutton. Why is it that Andy Reid is so loyal and so scared to admit that, hey, we do have a big issue with our defensive coordinator. We got to do something about it. And again, I'm not opposed if he gets fired in week 17 on Monday morning, but uh, okay, technically not week 17 yet, but the Chiefs are now in week 17 mode, let's be honest. This is something that the Chiefs have to at least try, right? I'm not opposed to it. I don't think there would be a big change if you sw- change your defensive coordinator this year. I mean, look, the Vikings gave it a shot. They uh, went out and, and tried to uh, change their offensive coordinator with just a couple of weeks left in the season. So it's never too late to make that kind of a change, but I just don't anticipate that happening. Uh, I, at least I don't anticipate the Chiefs doing such a thing. But why is it that Patrick Mahomes has, you have to expect him to put up 40 plus points on the road in these games against Seattle, against the Pats, against the Rams? That's just not a reasonable thing to expect from your quarterback. It just shows how bad the defense is. And listen, I think this just builds a case for Patrick Mahomes as to why he should be the MVP. I know Chiefs fans don't give a damn about that this exact moment right now, but once the MVP award does come out, let's be honest, we're all going to look at games like this and say, listen, the Chiefs don't even have a shot at winning any of these three games if it's not for Mahomes. Very quiet first half, threw just 82 yards, finished with 273, 23 of 43 touchdowns, but still not enough. As a matter of fact, it was a 10-point uh, game with less than two minutes to go. The Chiefs kicked a field goal, then went for an onside kick, uh, unable to recover. It actually executed pretty well, just unable to uh, pull it in before it rolled out of the end zone. And this is the kind of game where you look at things and you just wonder, you know, why is it that this defense has not been able to make any adjustments? Why is it that Russell Wilson, who is a scrambling quarterback, 
I mean, the defense just builds him a gigantic lane for him to not only get a first down, but walk several more yards for a first down. 210 yards on the ground for Seattle, 57 of them from Russell Wilson. You can't allow a guy to just roll over, run over your defense like that. That's completely unacceptable. And that's an, it just adds to the list of reasons as to why Bob Sutton should be let go by the Chiefs. And it just seemed like whatever Russell Wilson threw to Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett. Now, he had uh, one uh, target to Lockett that didn't uh, connect. And also... Uh, five to Baldwin that didn't connect, although it didn't feel like it, because anything that he threw in their uh, directions, they pulled it in, man. It, even with Traymond Smith and Trevarius Ward uh, you know, on the play close with those receivers, they still c- came away with big catches. Doug Baldwin, seven catches for 126 yards, also a big touchdown catch to help extend the lead at one point for the Seahawks. Tyler Lockett, the former K-State Wildcat, four catches for 99 yards. His longest one for 45 yards. And man, uh, by the way, Russell Wilson had the longest run of the day for the Seahawks. Or night, I should say. 26 yards on a scramble. Again, longest run of the game for either team. Uh, Damian Williams did have a 25-yard run. But Russell Wilson had uh, one uh, scramble that went for 26. And that was the best run of the night. And it's surprising to me. That this Chiefs team defensively have not been able to figure out 16 weeks uh, into the season what defensive adjustments they need to have made. They have not been able to do that. Another reason why Bob Sutton needs to be let go. I just don't know at this point, uh, you know, how does ownership not step in? How how does Brett Veach not step in? You've got to say something at some point. Look, I get that coaches generally handle the the coaching staffs and GMs, presidents go after the the personnel. But at some point when you're in the higher ups, and I get Andy Reid, I mean the Chiefs are a franchise where the head coach and Andy Reid has a little bit more of a say than the GM. But the GM has to have some sort of a, a say in this. And obviously Clark Hunt, uh, I, I get his role. His role is just the head coach and the general manager. Those are the two guys that he gets involved in the most when, when trying to hire. But somebody's got to speak up and say to Andy Reid, look, you, you got to do something about the defensive coordinator. You can't keep Bob Sutton after all of, of this defensive chaos, especially if you want to win a championship. Is this another reason why Andy Reid has not been able to win the Super Bowl yet? I, I mean, I get it. He's been to so many conference title games when he was with the Eagles. But there's got to be a reason as to why he hasn't won a Super Bowl before. There's got to be a reason why he's only been to one. Maybe several reasons, but I'm sure loyalty to bad assistant coaches is, is on that list. It's just got to be. Again, 210 yards on the ground in addition to 271 yards through the air. Just not a good look 
for this defense. Not one bit. You look at what the Seahawks were able to do as a team. 31 first downs to Kansas City's 22. And by the way, you look at third downs in this game. Seahawks were 7 of 14. 50% of their third downs they managed to convert. And they also had 15 more plays than the Chiefs. Now, total yards... Not not too big of a difference here. 464 to Kansas City's 419. Uh, Chiefs had 11 possessions. Seahawks had 11. But man, uh, I'm surprised over the fact that this Chiefs defense is not being able to make a lot of adjustments. The only reason this Chiefs defense is coming up with any key stops, 99% of the time, it's because of the front seven. Guys like Chris Jones, guys like Alan Bailey, Justin Houston, and D. Ford, who've come up with big stops, whether putting pressure or sacking the quarterback, that's why. And this Chiefs defense still has not been able to figure things out. I mean, the coverage is bad. I know it was getting better slightly under some bad te- against some bad teams, though, like the Cardinals at the time. The Browns were still getting things together. In fact, they, they when the Chiefs and Browns played, that was the first game for the Browns under their interim head coach, Greg Williams. So, uh, they, I mean, that was a, a learning curve for them at the time. And they've become a far more competitive team since then. This is one of those situations where Andy Reid, it, I mean, it's so obvious. We can sit here and tell you what the big glaring hole is. And listen, I'll say this now. Offensively, there is some blame to go around because look at the Chiefs' offense. Here's a big factor why the Chiefs have lost a couple of their games. Against the Chargers, the Chiefs had eight possessions. Four of them went for four plays or less. Against the Seahawks, the Chiefs had 11 possessions. Five of them went for three plays or less. So half of your possessions in the Chargers game... You had four or few plays, and nearly half of your possessions in the Seahawks game drives were three and out. Short-lived drives. You know what's funny about the Chiefs now that, that I say this? There is a big, noticeable, inconsistent run. The defense does make big plays and big stops, but they also allow a lot of yards and a lot of points. The offense, they put up a lot of points and a lot of yards. But there are also times when they go three and out. And we're starting to see that more recently with this offense. Patrick Mahomes got off to a really bad start to, to, to get things going. But did pick it up eventually. But this is not a team that has been able to handle this balance. They, they just haven't. Now look, Mahomes is doing a lot of big things. Every week, there's a new record he's breaking. And it's not like the records we can see on ESPN.com or NFL.com. One record that Mahomes broke, 30 touchdown passes on the road. It's more than that now. That is an NFL record previously held by Tom Brady. Uh, Chiefs have already played all of their eight road games. And Mahomes uh, surpassed Tom Brady's record, which was 30 touchdown passes. I'm guessing that was in 2007. Uh, the year when the Patriots broke a lot of records individually and as a team. But uh, look, all all of these individual honors are nice and all, but at the end of the day, why does that matter if your defense is going to put you in this position where you have to put up uh, these kinds of scores? 
And maybe that's a reason why Mahomes is breaking so many records. The off- the defense is forcing him to go out there and do those kinds of things. And I don't think that's fair to him at all. Not fair to him at all. And that's a big reason why this Chiefs defense uh, and this Chiefs team as a whole, they're at the place they are right now. Shockingly, though, the Chiefs still have a one seed. And that is an area where, look, you can look at the glass half full. I know that's very difficult to do coming off back-to-back losses. Again, first time in 358 days, the Chiefs have lost consecutive games. But even so, the Chiefs still have the number one seed. I don't know if you guys believe in football gods, but at this point, I just do. Because the Chiefs are 11-4 and right now. If you told me the Chiefs would have four losses going into... Week 17, I would say the Chiefs at best might be competing for a number two seed. They have a one seed right now, man. The Chiefs are being given every chance to lock up the division, lock up the conference, get home field advantage, and they're not doing that right now. And by the way, I think I I deserve to be laughed at right now because what have I said the past couple of episodes? I, I focused in on the Chargers and the Texans, who, by the way, both of them lost. Chargers lost Saturday night to the Ravens at home, and the Texans lost on the road against the Eagles in a very entertaining game. But the Patriots are now climbing back up. The Patriots, they, I said this before, in order for the Patriots to get a number one seed, they need the Chiefs, Texans, and Chargers to lose out, and they need to win out. And I said that is not possible. Well, so far, that is happening right now. I'll tell you what, man, great teams get lucky in big ways sometimes, and that's what's happening to the Patriots right now. The Chiefs, again, have had multiple chances to lock up the conference and lock up the division, and they have not done so. I've had a lot of people ask about certain scenarios the Chiefs would need in the event of possibly losing to the Raiders, and again, a reminder... Because the Chiefs lost on Sunday Night Football, and since the division and the conference still up for grabs, uh, the uh, Chiefs game against the Raiders has been flexed to 3:25 Central Standard Time on CBS. So, uh, and by the way, I'm shocked the Patriots and Jets game has not been flexed because the Patriots. uh, I, I mean, look, you still have to force your starters to play. The reason the Chiefs uh, were, were flexed, I mean, they're doing it so that the Chargers and Chiefs have an equal advantage here. There, no one has an advantage over the other team. Uh, for example, if uh, the Chiefs played and lost, the Chargers would know what to do, so they would uh, you know, play their starters and, and, and do what they needed to do. Or if the game was tied late, they could just sit on the ball and not do anything, and they could still win the division. Uh, but instead, both teams have to essentially play hard since they're playing at the same time and will likely finish uh, close at the same time. So uh, here, here's the simple, uh, here's one simple outcome. If the Chiefs win, they get the number one seed. And obviously, they lock up the AFC West as well. You get home field advantage by simply beating the Raiders. You still have that, you still have control of your own destiny. Crazy enough. Now, what if the Chiefs lose to the Raiders? What do they need? Well, uh, this this game will already have been completed by then, but you need the Patriots to lose to the Jets. You also need the Chargers to lose to the Broncos. Chiefs have relied on the Broncos a couple of times this year. Uh, the biggest one uh, against the Steelers, and they had a game against the Chargers where 
they came away with a win both times. So look, if you're relying on Denver one more time, hey, why not? And another game where you need help, the Jaguars over the Texans, and I doubt that happens because the Jaguars have been absolutely terrible after what? I think a 3-1 and start to the season. Uh, they've only won one game since then, and... Yeah, the Texans coming off a heartbreaking loss, but I I can see them overcoming this game. And I can understand why the Texans and the Patriots are actually uh, still playing noon games, because those two teams, they're competing for what... I I think the NFL is expecting the Chiefs to beat the Raiders and get their one seed, whereas the Patriots and the Texans, they're going to be squaring off for a one seed. So you have that to keep in mind. Uh, you might be wondering if the Chiefs do lose and if they end up with a number five seed, they will either play and visit the Steelers or the Ravens. Right now, the Ravens are leading the AFC North. However, if the Browns beat the Ravens and if the Steelers beat the Bengals at home, the Ravens are home, by the way, uh, in week 17. But if the Steelers win against the Bengals at home, in addition to the Browns winning, then the Steelers become AFC North champions, and that's who the Chiefs would visit for a second time this season. But hopefully it doesn't come down to that. You should be able to beat the Raiders. I know the Raiders played the Chiefs very tough in uh, December the 2nd uh, when those two teams met. But at this point, just look, you still have control of your own destiny. You don't have to look at other teams and see how they do. You, you can just simply go out there, play, and... You're, you got the number one seed. Doesn't get more complicated than that, but uh, Chiefs have had multiple chances the past two games to lock up the division, uh, a first run by, and the conference, and they have not been able to do any of the three. And I think that's the most frustrating part as a Chiefs fan. Seeing how the Chiefs have been able to play these games close, but they're not able to come out on top with that competitive edge. And a lot of people have brought that up. On primetime, and all four of the primetime games, the Chiefs have lost. Uh, that's where all four of their losses have come from, primetime games. And all of them have come down to the wire, and the Chiefs have been on the losing end of those games. And is that a preview of things to come in the playoffs? Because obviously, the playoffs, more times than not, games do come down to the wire. It's 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 rare that you have a two-possession game or a blot in the postseason. So... These are the kind of games that the Chiefs are going to be playing in January. And if you want to make it to February and play in in the Super Bowl instead of the Pro Bowl, well, look, you've got to find ways to finish strong in these football games. I know the Chiefs have been able to do that in in a game against the Ravens, who are going to be a playoff team. I know the Broncos, they're not a playoff team, but they're still... They've, they've got a lot of bright spots on that football team, especially defensively. The, the, you can't take credit from them. That defense, no, no pushover for sure, but... Uh, the Chiefs have not been able to compete against some of the top-notch teams, some of the other playoff teams out there, like the Pats, Rams, Chargers, the Seahawks. Again, all four of those games the Chiefs lost came on primetime. So now, look, you don't get any bonus points for winning on primetime, but at the same time, when you're playing in front of the nation, you want to look good. You don't want to get embarrassed on, on primetime TV. Players have admitted this before. You never want that. Uh, you know, it's, and look, fan bases love it too when they shine the way they do on primetime football. So a lot of you guys were asking for certain scenarios if the Chiefs were to lose. Well, 
you would need another miracle, which would require the Broncos to beat the Chargers. Broncos are home. They already beat the Chargers on the road. You would need the Jaguars to beat the Texans on the road, as well as the Jets to beat the Patriots on the road in order to still hold on to that number one seed. You would need three teams to come through for you. And again, uh, Jets, Jaguars, and Broncos, the three teams you would need, all have records worse than the teams that they are playing against. In fact, they're all below 500, so not an ideal situation. Again, uh, you find yourself in this position possibly needing additional help. Just got to win to get that number one seed. Sounds easy enough, but the Chiefs have made things very complicated the past two games. I know we uncovered a lot on this episode, as well as on our Facebook Live video that we had. Again, facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian, and my Twitter, twitter.com slash Farzine21, plus my email, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. Let me know your thoughts on anything we've discussed, whether it was on the Facebook Live videos, or uh, any of the posts, or anything on, on this podcast. Never too late to comment and get in on the discussion. Uh, never too late for that. Again, get on social media and let me know your thoughts on all things Chiefs are with the AFC playoff picture right now. Wide, wide open still. And look, getting a number one seed, never an easy thing. But at the, at the same time, I think the Chiefs have made it way harder than they really needed to. Still, you've got a chance. You still have control of your own destiny. And a lot of people are saying, would it be better to play on the road at this point? No, I, I don't agree with it. The Chiefs, uh, three of their four losses have been on the road. They just have not been very good. So, and again, I get it. The Chiefs have a uh, some arrowhead losing streak in the, in the uh, playoffs right now. But I've said this a couple of times on Sunday. Past trends and historical trends... They honestly don't hold any true relevance to the current moment, to current events. They just don't. They truly don't. I'll still take my chances with the Chiefs at Arrowhead than on the road. Listen, that's why if the Chiefs get a a one seed, because if you look at their seven home games, they've only lost one of them, and that was by one point. So if you can get that one seed... I think Chiefs fans have a reason to be confident and feel good that this team can win those two games, those two playoff games at Arrowhead and go to a Super Bowl. I'm going to be very confident if the Chiefs can get that one seed. It's very hard to have encouraging thoughts, back-to-back losses, again, both on primetime, both heartbreaking losses, but still... You have control of your own destiny. The football gods, because I believe in them at this point, they are still putting the Chiefs in position to be in control of their destiny. The Chiefs have never not been in control of their destiny, which is shocking to say at this point, considering uh, some of the losses they've had, being 11-4, and you're usually not in control of your destiny. You're not in control of getting a number one seed, yet the Chiefs are. So luck is still on your side, man. Do something about it. We will talk about that tomorrow. Chiefs, Raiders, we will preview that game with Michael Gelkin. He is the Raiders beat writer for the Las Vegas Review Channel, uh, Review Journal, excuse me. He will join us on the podcast tomorrow on Christmas Day. So we will talk about that with him. Also, talk about the Raiders possibly playing their home games in London 
Uh, also, a, uh, a charity event that Michael Gelkin's got going on that I think NFL fans should know about. So we'll talk about that and much more on tomorrow's podcast. Merry Christmas to all of you. Appreciate you guys joining me on this episode. Again, please subscribe to the podcast and share the links on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. You guys have done a fantastic job, and I appreciate all of you guys downloading and sharing the links as well as the interaction on social media, facebook.com slash Vesugian. Give it a like, follow me on Facebook, and again, comment on our content. Like them or, or, or give them whatever reaction you want to give and share them as well. You guys have been doing a lot of that, and I thank you guys for that. Twitter.com slash Farzine21. I'm on Twitter. And my email, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. Merry Christmas to all of you guys. If you're traveling, working on the holidays, stay safe. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. We will talk to Michael Gelkin and preview the game between the Chiefs and the Raiders. Merry Christmas. Talk to you tomorrow.